You know, there's something here at the Bargain Den that we don't frequently talk about. And I think as we're, you know, entering the 200s of episodes, I think it's time we start shining on some some light, shining some light on some players here at the Bargain Den that maybe we haven't really given enough attention to. Like Mickey Mantle? Sure, yeah. Mickey Mantle is definitely what I was, one of the ones I was going to say. What do you want to talk about Mickey Mantle? Like... What do you want to... Just that he's a player, you know, of of baseball. Yes, he is a base... Mm-hmm. He was a baseball player. So we should talk about the players. Here at the Bargain Den. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't talking about players in general. Um, okay. That would take So like us, Michael Jordan. Yeah, go ahead. Can you name me uh, three other athletes, please? Sure. Serena Williams. Uh-huh. And... I hate the spotlight. Yeah. Oh I no. Wait, wait, wait no. And, and Troy Aikman. <laughs> and you're all over the map. <laughs> trying to get all Mickey kinds Mantle, of sports. Uh, we got yeah. Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, Troy Aikman. Yeah. Okay. Covering different sports in different decades. And you know what? We'll just name another female tennis player. Um, oh fuck. <laughs> no, no. Osaka. I forgot. I forgot. Her. That's Na- a city Naomi? in Japan. No. Can't prove it. I don't Fuck. know what you're talking about. Osaka. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Wait, I can name more players. Yeah. Like sure you can. Like um oh. Adrian Peterson. Okay. Whew. Sweating. <laughs> sweating, Donna. I'm sweating. We took two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> Oof. Sorry, you were talking about players though, but not that kind. Yeah, just some people that do a lot of work here at the bargain den that we have. Like really... you? Oh my God. Sorry, you go let ahead. Let me say the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get enough spotlight as it is here on the show. This is so stupid of a bit at this point. I just wanted to shine some light on Mike Check. We don't ever talk about him, but we, every episode we start with Mike Check and he helps us get oh, our levels proper. That's true, yeah. So thank you, Mike. We appreciate Thanks, Mike. it. Mike. No problem. <laughs> it's funny that he actually his levels are always really bad. Oh, it's not my fault. If you get a third mic, I'm... what was that mic? Can you come up to my mic and? No, he's always in the corner. There's no reason for me to get any closer. Anyway, thanks, Mike. We appreciate all your help and everything. <laughs> it's really cool that we have like real friends in the world. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have to make them up. Anyway, here's Leo the Lion. <laughs> anyway, life's going well. Our mental states are fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking, everybody. We we get all your letters. We get all all of your your comments and wondering and worrying about us. <laughs> anyway, this is the Bargain Den. It's your weekly source of financial advice in the form of us watching movies and then telling you whether or not they're frugal or not, or are they movies, or do they involve another country than the United States and they frequently do as us being here located in Bangkok um, that actually has nothing to do with what we watch but uh, my name is Brandon <laughs> my name is Donna 
We are actually doing a special series right now called The Bargain Den at night. Uh, we are recording at night this time, which is fitting. We are working our way through the directorial work of the one and only Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Um, we went back, way back in time to his very first feature-length film. Uh, and I did know, I do know that we said last week that this would be, or two weeks ago we said that we were going to do this one last week. But we had a backlogged episode, so... Thanks for being patient. Um, with oh, that. my God. I forgot. We totally promised we would. Yeah. It's fine. We're here. We're we here. gave you an extra week to watch this movie. One extra week to watch Praying with Anger. We're going to spoil this 1992. Spoil it. Film, um, which, um, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into it. It's nice being here on Letterboxd and seeing that I have watched seven of 16 of Mr. Shyamalan's work. I like nice. I like going through directors like this. This is fun. I hope everybody else is enjoying it. Um, yeah, we're going to spoil it. So uh, do you want to walk us through the plot, Donna? Yeah. Okay. For one, I definitely thought the main character's name was Dave. Same, but apparently it's Dev. Apparently it's Dev. I, think it's I learned that right now. Dave, though. Like, Dave. Yeah, it's it's D-E-V, but. Uh, but like, Dave. Dave. Dev. Dave. Dev. Dave. <laughs> great dave. content i'm gonna call him dave yeah so dave is a foreign exchange student he has indian parents at least his dad's indian it's kind of hard to tell if his mom was or not but he's grown up his whole life in in the u.s of a and his mom has sent him specifically back to india um as a foreign exchange student to like experience his roots or something yeah yeah and so we kind of get to watch his struggles uh you know acclimating to india as an american and um you know it's it's a lot of it's pretty rough for dave um he's has a hard time adjusting to the culture and what it's like to talk to women over there. And he's also been kind of labeled a bad boy because he got into one little fight and his mom got scared and said, you're moving with some random people in India. Um, it's funny, though, because, like, the they are aunties and uncles. Like, that's what you would call them. Yeah, yeah. So you're moving with your auntie and uncle in India. And literally, he he... Basically, he was in a fight where one person was like picking on him and picking on him, and he finally had enough, and so he pushed him, and his head slammed into a locker. So he's not really even prone to fights, allegedly, but he ends up getting bullied by the senior students mm-hmm. there as well, and they um, like to pick on him and get a rise out of him, and uh, he has to learn how to submit because the cultural thing is to just go with it, and things get a lot easier. But he. He has a tendency to fight back, and he has to quell that within him. So this is the story of Dev. I mean, I don't know. I don't, like, it's kind of just a very, I mean, I I say this not in a demeaning way, but it was very cookie cutter. Like, you know, American is a foreigner in a foreign country, struggles, learns that he, you know, needs to adjust his point of view on life rekindles with some heritage and writes the wrongs in his life. Yeah. Um, 
his his friend slash host brother, so to speak, Sanjay is trying to help him figure things out and helps him find his where his dad grew up. And he talks to a guy there who grew up with his dad and had all these letters from his dad about him, Dave, and how much like he loved him and, you know, figuring out that his dad who died a couple years ago actually loved him and was proud of him and was just pushing him so that he'd do better than his dad did. And, you know, that whole situation mixed with like learning how to love India and realizing that like, that's a place he could grow to love, even if he still has, you know, like some issues with it because he falls in love with a lady but she gets engaged. Yeah, I don't know. I think that pretty much covers it. And he has to go back to America. But he's like, successful trip. Yeah. Learns to connect with himself. What do you think of this movie? I would not watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I don't know. It was a fine movie. Like, I... I I wish I could have caught it on TV or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little rough on YouTube, but uh yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like if this was a Hallmark special, I'd be like, yeah, it was really good. You said something after we watched it. I thought it was a good good analogy for it is it felt kind of like the film adaptation of a college admission essay. Yes. But it's like, you know, what's what's an experience in your life that really opened your eyes to the world? And it was like, well, when I spent a summer in India, mm-hmm. that was very much the vibe from it. it. In that same vein, it also very much felt like a movie you would watch in like middle school mm-hmm. um, if you were learning about India. But we didn't do that because we're Americans. Um, America. I don't know. I don't think I learned anything about India. Like, with the exception. Not in school. Yeah. No. With this, like, uh, sorry. One or two maybe exceptions being like Britain's involvement. Involvement is a very way of light way of mm-hmm. putting it. Involvement. Um, and then maybe just some trade stuff, but like, like yeah, it was like oh, there was the East Indian Trading Company, which is something. it's strange because it's like one of the largest like populated countries in the world. Like, yeah, like with a lot of important history that affects all the other countries around it. But you know, but anyway, I die <sighs> grass green. Um, <laughs> let's see what some other people had to say about it. Box, 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 boxed in. That was a, that was an intense one. Thank you. Um, I only have two. I want to read here. One is, uh, Vivian gave it four stars. Four stars. <laughs> No, we're not. We're not doing sing song for every star ranking on Voxton. Um, feminism didn't exist until M. Night told that girl that she didn't have to be a wife. She could be whatever she wanted, like a dancer. Um, <laughs> that thought was pretty good. Yeah. And then uh, Xavier R.N. only gave it two stars and said very. Two stars. Ex- no, I'm like, I'm putting my foot down here. I'm sorry. For real. We cannot. Okay. Just you only had two this time. I want to try it out. I guess okay. the answer is no. The answer Continue. is no. Two stars. <laughs> Go ahead. I would just love <laughs> to have my way with anything on this podcast. <laughs> Once. You got boxed in. And the here segment. you are. Here you are. Inside and my box. trivia. <laughs> just doodling. 
I, We're yeah. watching all the M. Night Shyamalan movies. Don't. Don't turn this on me. <laughs> Sorry, read the review. <sighs> Xavier RN, who gave it two stars, says, <laughs> very extended cameo from M. Night in this one. So, oh yeah, I guess we never said M. Night stars in this one, by the way. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> M. Night plays Dev. Yeah. Dev Dave. Um, so yeah, this was actually, um, this was his directorial debut. Like I said, it was funded, wrote, and directed, and produced by him, which produced and funded. It's kind of the same. Um he did the whole shebang with this one. This was M. Knight's college admission essay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. Um, and in that vein, like, for a directorial debut, I mean, like, to fully fund, like, you know, it's hard not to call something like Hallmark or, like, a school film. And it's not like, it. it is so far from, like, a student film. Like, it, it, Yeah, it is, I definitely don't get student film vibes out of it. Not at all. And I, I can see shots in this where I was like, that that make it a step above like Hallmark level, like some of the transitions mm-hmm. and stuff where I was like, I can, I can see it, even though it was really bad quality, you can see what you're, he's, he's working with some stuff there. And, um, yeah, I kind of forgot where I was going with that, but just that, like, yeah, like it for a directorial debut, that's what I was going to say for a directorial debut, like to nail the Hallmark level that well, like mm-hmm. hats off like dang that's like yeah <laughs> great job no like especially given the debut aspect of this really good really good work in night um it's like again i feel like a lot of my issues with it come down to just the quality of the youtube video which is not a reflection of m night you know and i think also too as far as like acting is concerned because, like, M. Night's been, with his cameos in films, like, we haven't actually talked about that even at The Bargain Dinner Night, but most movies that he directs, he has a little cameo in. And um, his acting's kind of, meh. I mean, he's fine. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that to a cameo. And I, I feel like this showcased why is because, like, the longer the scenes were and the more he was on screen, the better he got. Like, mm. the, the he, he, I really thought he did a good job. Like, I wish... Like, yes, yeah, so basically it was like some parts were rough and it was kind of hard getting used to him. But yeah, by the end of it, it was like I, I was with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it really felt like he was playing a reflection kind of of himself. I mean, he's again, this is the only movie he's done that's set in India where he has uh, ties to his, his ancestral home is what IMDb says. I don't know to what extent that is, but. I just don't want to like, I don't know his history. So I'm not going to make assumptions right. on that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting because it does kind of make me wish for more work from M. Night that wasn't on the suspense thriller horror side of things. I'd be interested to see him tackle a just linear story of some kind, you know? Mm. I mean, I guess we kind of got that with the Avatar. Nah. <laughs> Uh, I really feel like that one gets thrown out so far. Like it is nothing like any of the other M night Shyamalan films I've seen. Right. I don't think it counts. Something went awry. Something's (laughs) amiss. Yep. Yep. Papa. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well that, that brings me to what, what I'd like to do with these M night movies is does this fit with an M night film? Like, 
What what are the staples of M Night? Did this have any? Um, uh, I mean, it had a bit of a twist. Um, not as concrete of a twist as any of his later things, but it did have some surprise turns uh, towards the latter part of the film. But no, I, I wouldn't. I mean, if you were doing like the essentials of M Night, this would not not be on the list. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I'd agree. It definitely feels a lot more like an M Night movie than Avatar, but sure. or I should say, The oh, Last Airbender. Uh, one thing it definitely had was M Night being in it. Had that. Were there any M Night movies we've watched so far for this that don't have any M Night playing? I, I don't think that uh, The Last Airbender. It's uh, so kind of what I was thinking is maybe that's the only one. I don't think he was in it. Yeah, let me let me take a look here. Okay. Um, While you do, I will say about uh, praying with anger. I really liked there was a there was a definite like color palette to it, which was really nice and very. I think that also helped slide into the movie of like the longer you sit in this color palette, the more comfortable it is. Mm. And I, I just. I really like that. I feel like I feel like he does that a lot with movies where he has kind of a palette that is stuck to. So I agree. So there are a couple. Apparently he actually was in The Last Airbender. He was a firebender at Earth Prison Camp. Uncredited. Oh, obviously he was that firebender at the Earth Prison Camp. <laughs> but it looks like from his list of films, there are three that he does not appear in, and we have not watched any of them. Exciting. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Spoil But there are a couple. Okay. I do, I liked, uh, <laughs> I kind of like some of these names he's given himself. Uh, so The Sixth Sense, he was Dr. Hill. Um, Unbreakable, he was Stadium Drug Dealer. Yes. Um, the Happening, he was Joey uh, from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> we said about the last airbender and then what i like is in he played the same character in split and glass and technically in unbreakable too because he mentioned that he worked in a stadium um but his name's now is j j a i but in split it's j slash hooters lover hooters lover <laughs> yeah because remember he talks about liking hooters all right hell yeah and then in glass <laughs> he's just j j comma security guard huh and then old he was the hotel driver Right. Oh. Good on you, M. Night. You know, I hope he keeps appearing in his own movies. I like this. Yeah, it's a staple of his. I, I think it's a fun, fun idea. Looks like he's already got his next. Um, we've talked about how in 2023, Knock at the Cabin is currently in post-production. It's coming out in 2023. It's his next film. But uh, it looks like he's already slated for his film after that as well. Oh, heck. And uh, unless it's just announced. So, you know, a lot could happen between now and then. But um, I don't know if, if this, unless it's got some twists and turns we don't know about, um, this one might actually be a not horror thriller thing. It's listed as a drama, mystery, romance. 
Ooh. It's called Labor of Love. It's a, widow, a widower embarks on a cross-country trip on foot to prove his love for his late wife. Ooh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like, because one of the other staples is like marital issues, you know? Couple mm-hmm. having problems. And I feel like this didn't really have that, but it had like familial issues. Yes. Like definite close relationship barriers. Yes. Relationships were strained, especially between the daughter and mother of the hosting family. Yeah, I'd say probably my least favorite aspect of it is like there was some kind of moral grandstanding towards the end with M. Night's character. That would just kind of felt out of place and didn't really stick the landing. Um, How so? Well, he like breaks up a mob. By oh, the mob thing. Continue. Just like he basically says, you know, like, don't fight. Like, religion is not a reason to fight. And everybody just kind of listens to him. <laughs> like, I don't know. In that way, that's what it felt like where like that that college essay kind of aspect of like, all right, fine. Like, of course, that's how it ends. I don't know, you know. Well, and it's like. It it makes sense how he broke up the fight. Like, so I I feel like this is worth getting into, right? Because a little bit, yeah. So so there's a riot in the streets. Um, there's been longstanding tension between Muslims and Hindus and in India, and which is uh, again going back to like I was never taught anything about India and in history, and like why <laughs> this this is like well known. But not to me. <laughs> anyway, so uh, a Muslim man who also happens to be the guy that had been bullying Dave, his name's Raj, is like drunk and he's like provoking people and then they're going to like burn him alive. They Anyway, Dave, Dave like stops him from provoking people but won't like kill him. Everyone's like, kill him. He's like, no. And he starts to walk away and then they're going to burn Raj. And then Dave comes back and like douses the whole crowd in gasoline. So like, basically if anyone burns, we all burn. I get, I get how that works to break up the fight. Like, Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't want to die today and I don't want to kill anyone either. So I'll, I'll go home. But it, it was kind of like a magical moment a little bit, which was also chaotic and kind of hard to follow and didn't super tie. Like, like you were saying, it didn't stick the landing. It felt like it should have tied into the whole like, oh, Dave fights, you know, like he's trouble. But it didn't feel like it quite connected the way it should. Yeah, I did appreciate that he didn't end up getting to date or be with the girl that he wanted to just because I don't know. I feel like if you're at the director's seat and then you star yourself in the film, like props to you for not giving you the girl in the end. Yeah. That always feels kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did also just want to briefly mention, uh, we mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, a film called, uh, I think it was when we were talking about old, but, um, we brought up a film, a short film directed by Ben Affleck um, called uh, 
I killed my lesbian wife, hung her on a meat hook, and now I have three pic- three picture deal at Disney. Um, I did also watch that. I just wanted to bring it up just because to fill a little bit of time here right at the very end. But um, you don't have to watch it. It's not very good. Mm-hmm. It's only 15 minutes. You can find it on YouTube. It's kind of a mess. And apparently Ben Affleck was like, yeah, I wish I hadn't made that. <laughs> so um, regret. I, regret. I just wanted to let the world know that I did the work for them. Thanks, Brandon. Hi, it's no problem. Thanks to you, I'm not going to waste 15 minutes of my life on that movie. Some people would have done just sent you the link to the video and said, (laughs) watch this. Isn't it not great? But I didn't do that. I just said, don't bother yourself. I'll take care of it for you. But now let's talk about it for 15 minutes so that you might as well have. Well, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's uh, weird. I don't know. It was just a weird little, like, it felt like it was, like, being satirical, but, like, so lightly that it didn't, it was like, are you being satirical or are you, like, pro what you're satirizing? You know? I don't know. Hmm. Because it kind of had a thing about, like, directors and people in Hollywood casting people to replace people in their own lives, like, in a weird kind of gross way, like... The guy kills Mm. his wife, and then it seems like he's, like, casting somebody for this movie deal, but it kind of seems like he's more casting somebody to be his new wife. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I kind of was like, okay, like, that's kind of interesting, but it didn't really go anywhere. (laughs) It's just very strange. You remember that Japanese movie we watched? I think it was based on, like, a Murakami short, maybe, or what the, the lady had all the clothes and handbags the guy like essentially casts a new wife like he's looking for a an assistant but then he's like hey do you want to like take some of these clothes because his wife's dead like remember this tell me more tell me more and and the assistant like at first takes like i think it's like he wants her to wear these clothes as his assistant and she does this for a while, and then it's, like, weird, and so she doesn't. And then I think he ends up, like, getting rid of all the clothes and shoes and stuff. Well, and it, it ends with him just, like, sitting in the closet. Fuck, I don't remember what this movie was. But anyway, that the Ben Affleck thing kind of made me think of that. Why would you do this? I'm so sorry. I have to find out what it is now. This is, like, that guy, the, the actor Brandon saw in Austin once. Oh, don't even. <laughs> Joel Murray, I'll never forget. <laughs> now you won't. Um, but I'm not even for sure that it was a Haruki Murakami thing, but I feel like it was. I mean, they're either Tony, Tony Takatani. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. Ooh. That that's the name of it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. Man without qualities. Okay. It was Haruki Murakami. Well. That makes me feel better that at least I remembered that. You all were here. Thank I. Do you want to know how I found that? Yeah. I Googled Japanese movie where man's assistant has to wear dead wife's clothes. <laughs> I. You want to. I, I Googled it and also came up with that. Mine was Japanese short story adapted as a movie about wife died closet full of clothes. <laughs> uh, do you want to thank some people? Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you are enjoying The Bargain Den at night, then 
go ahead and share an episode with a friend so they can jump on board and engage in this riveting M. Night Shyamalan review of Repertoire. Rah. I also want to thank Brandon for hosting this podcast with me and doing the editing and the uploading and the descriptions of the episodes. He's great. And I also want to thank Anchor for doing the RSS feed hosting for our podcast. I also... Dude, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Let's keep it going. I also want to thank Sarah Anastasia for the artwork she made that is our cover thumbnail. <laughs> what? How? We are... I, I can't... Like, I wish I could give a joke about how like the lack of words I have. It's episode 204. I also want to thank the lounge kittens for the... <laughs> Don't give me that face. You're so exasperated with me. It makes me mess up more <laughs> i'm sorry i'll give you this face like what i don't and then i also would like to thank the lounge kittens for the use of their cover of dirty deeds and our bargainer our bargainer is jack 3245 <laughs> thank you jack they were the last person to leave us a review on itunes podcast you too could become our next bargainer if you go on there and leave us a review we'll read it here on the show and then deem you the bargainer if you want to leave a review elsewhere you can let us know on social media or hit us up on our gmail the at gmail.com or uh, if you have anything else you want to talk to us about you can leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm and we'll probably probably play it here on the show that's how you do a fucking outro donna <laughs> How cool would it be if the band U2... Jesus uh, Christ. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next our, week. They rated our We'll podcast. be back next week for a new episode Wednesday. I, I dare someone listening to leave us a review as Bono of U2. I dare you. My name is Brandon. My name is Donna. Pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. Tomatoes. Reek. Of. Rotten. Stench. But you ain't got the guts She keeps nagging at you not